I'm Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Two, two Peas in, in a podcast, podcast, a relationship advice show from two people who like each other very, very, very much. Much. How are you today, Delbert? Stephanie? Pretty good. We had a polar vortex last week. The polar we vortex came upon us and it was negative 40 degrees. And now it is 40 degrees. It is a 80 degree difference from two days ago. And that's incredible. The one thing that's interesting to me that I think we should fact check because I'm that person. Here, people are saying the wind chill was the temperature, but my understanding is that wind chill and temperature are two separate things. From what Al Roker told me when I was a child, he came alongside of me and he said, Young Dell, wind chill is what it feels like. It's not actually the temperature. So I think the temperature was like negative 13. But the windchill made it feel like it was 40. And I bring 40. this up because now people are doing math and they're saying there was an 80 degree difference. And I, until I, but that, it no. Feels, it, it feels 80 degree difference. Great. But if that's our <laughs> metric, then I, if we're just going off of our feelings, <laughs> then I think the metric could, then that could be the case many other times. Mm-hmm. Does that, does it, is, are you, are you, are you correcting people? No, because that's a jerk thing to do. But since you brought it up. But a 65 degree swing is nothing to sneeze at. Nothing to sneeze at. It's a lot. It's You could sneeze at a lot of things. Uh, I got wind burn. Not going to sneeze at that because it was that cold. If you don't like the weather in Michigan, it's true. Just wait a few days. Just wait a f- or a day or just move. You'd probably be better if you just moved. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so, Del, yeah. what do we do here? So, welcome... Listeners to peas in a, two peas in a podcast. We are a relationship advice show from two people who like each other very, very much. And we have two parts to the show. If you haven't listened before, welcome. The second half of the show is the split, where Stephanie takes a she takes something from the headlines, a relationship uh, headline, tears it from the headlines, talks about it. Gives us all the sweet information. And I come up with the P's and Q's where I take a question from our listeners and we talk about it. And I think we got a couple of good ones today. I think so. You think so? I do. All right. Well, I'm going to... Let's just bust right into that. Yeah. Hey, Delbert, do you want to kick us off with a question from our pod squad? Oh, I will bust this nut wide open. Okay. (laughs) I'm not sure if we used that correctly. (laughs) I don't... Who knows? I don't know. No one knows. So the kid... We're on fire. We're lit fire. We're lit. I'm... Yes. Yep. So... 100%. things. pure lit fire. Okay. So, if you would like to send a question into us, you can do so at contactppodcast at gmail.com or connect with us on social media at ppodcast on Twitter or at facebook.com slash groups slash ppodcast. And away we go. Hello, peas. I need emergency guidance. I have a coworker in the next cube over who is constantly, and even at this very moment, trimming his fingernails at his desk. I feel this is super unprofessional and seriously nasty. The snip sound is awful and I liken it to someone like shaving or scrubbing their feet in the public space. I'm a firm believer that personal hygiene should be taken care of before you get to the workplace. I haven't spoken to him about this yet, but I plan on doing it because it's grossing me out. 
Since I'm clearly right, and he is obviously a monster, how can I kindly let him know that his personal care is more suited for a bathroom and not the boardroom? That's our question for today. (laughs) 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 So, not a fan. Is this something that we can just all agree? Usually we have some debate on on the topic, on the question, but I think this is something that we may have a united front of. So, Stephanie, you're you're pro. I'm surprised. You sing pro hygiene at the desk? This is a public service <laughs> announcement. If you were trimming your nails at your desk, you're an awful person. What's the what's what's the worst part about it? Is it the clipping? Is it the knowledge that body parts are flying? Is it the what is the what is it that make, grosses at people out hospital, so much? At the hospital, we have a policy where our nails can only be uh, they have to be short. So I just keep my nails really trim. I don't do patient care, but they're supposed to be trim. And when you read the policy for why they're supposed to be short, it's because it's an infection risk. Really? And it's an infection risk because what gets under your nails is really icky. The grossness. So knowing that someone is flying their ick all over behind. But it's just their little desk. It's just on their desk. They got a nice little pile, a neat pile of, uh, of leave-ins. And they just scoop, oh. them. <laughs> they scoop them off into their little box that they collect their, their leave-ins. Have you ever in. been around someone doing that? It's it's terrible. It's, it's disgusting. Um, I do have a story kind of about oh, this. Yes. Similarly, I feel like this... Let me know if this is next level or not, and you might want to cover your little ears if they're too tender. But uh, I moved into... It was a couple, couple jobs ago. I moved into an office. And in this office, I sat in, in the desk, and um, I, you know, for some reason... I was like looking for the the tray that goes under the desk and my hand touched the underside of the desk top and I felt like a bunch of like hard ridges, like a bunch of little hard ridges. Like you keep feeling it. Till I you kept know. feeling it. And, and I was like, uh oh. And I looked and underneath were dozens oh. of old crusted boogers. Oh, I thought you were going to say gum. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh, so uh, oh my goodness! My oh. my friend Steve and I we found some paint scrapers and spent the next no. hour <laughs> scraping them off, and then we found a vacuum and vacuumed them up. I think we found like those little like masks that you wear when you paint houses or whatever. Oh, oh. That was the, probably the grossest office thing. We need so to I put think a t- warning on this episode. Okay, when we booger do warning. The booger warning. I think that that might be the grossest thing, so that may be why the nails don't gross me as much. Well, yeah, I mean, after that, there's a, only one, th- two. Mm. There's this tale of the spider and the spider web, and you um, make noises, and it vibrates the web, and it comes out and freaks out. But if you do it enough, it doesn't bother him. And that's what's happened to me. I got one big vibration, booger city. I'm over it. But I can empathize, and I see why this is super gross. So, Stephanie... What would you do about this? I think there are three degrees, and it depends on how direct you want to go. Mm-hmm. So I think there are different levels you could go to depending on how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Level one, passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Have you thought of a passive aggressive note with an emoji at the end? <laughs> oh, no. When you said passive aggressive, I was thinking you could blow your nose in tissue and throw it over the cube. <laughs> <laughs> That's still that, passive aggressive. Or is that just aggressive? <laughs> I mean, if they don't know who's doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's so like, I think you could leave a note that's like, hey, could you please stop trimming your fingernails? It's bothersome to me. Smiley face emoji. Nail clipper emoji. 
Kim Kardashian, <laughs> Kimoji. <laughs> that's one option. Okay, that's the passive aggressive. What? Which one do you got? So that's my one. I said throwing used tissues over the like, top and using his uh, his cubicle as a receptacle for your garbage. <laughs> yeah. So that's one level. Number two level, depending on how you feel with your manager, if you really don't feel comfortable talking to this coworker, I think you could talk to your manager and say, this is bothering me, and then ask them for to talk to them. Okay. Like, hey, can you talk to so-and-so about being disgusting? I think that's good. I think that's good. I People always say, I would, I would want someone to be direct with me. It's like, no, you mm. wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No one ever takes that well. Here's my second one. Yes. Mine would be, I would lean over the cubicle and I'd say, hey, nice fingernail. Hey, hey, Chad, nice fingernails you got over there. I don't uh, think there's something bad with adding humor to it. Hey, can I borrow borrow those? And then he would let me use them and I would just clip them over on his carpet and be like, oh, thanks, man. And, uh, and I would do that and maybe he would be like ashamed. And that's what I would hope for. But knowing that we are in a country of no shame... Maybe everybody just gets into it and we totally normalize it. That could be, uh, that could be, that's my number two. And then there's number <laughs> three, which is the direct adult approach. Oh, this one sounds, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I feel uncomfortable. I think the direct adult approach would be something like, hey, Chad. Because <laughs> your name's probably Chad. I think you need to own how you feel and say, when you trim your nails, the uh, the sound of it is something that is bothersome to me. It would really help me if you could do that in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And you have all these tiny infection shards just floating around the office. Yeah, because there's no way you're getting all those in the trash, man. Like, Not for serious. Not happening. Ugh. Not who, who knows what you've been scratching, Chad? Who knows? I know. <laughs> I know. I know. So it sounds like question asker. You have many options. Which one would you do though? Like, well, you'd probably talk to him. I think I'd probably just ignore it. Honestly, just... nothing's gonna bother you. So you'd be like, why would I talk to no, anyone? I would. I would say what I would probably do is just be like, hey, nice nails. <laughs> and then I would just yeah. ignore him and shove it deep down inside of a bottle, inside of another bottle, inside of my heart, and not try not to think about it ever again. That's what most people do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the last one would be like, hey, that's really gross. Can can you not do that, please? Or let's work out a solution where you can, but just not in a public yeah. space. Like, hey, if you're about to trim your nails, can you give me the heads up and I'll walk away and go get my coffee? I want to get out of here. I think that that might be good. Yeah, that's another option. Another However, way to say it. public grooming like that is wrong. So I don't know if I want to be a, uh, what do they call it? An accessory to the crime of nail clipping in public. Yeah. I like that idea too. Like, can you give me a heads up when you're about to trim your nails? Because I can walk away. You nasty. You nasty, bro. (laughs) You know, I guess that's option four. I'd put that in the scale though. I'd put it at like 2.5. I like you. You hear it. You can walk away. I like you. You're nasty. Do with that as you will. I think those are good answers. Yeah. All right. That was great. I feel so... <laughs> speaking of, I need to trim my nails. Uh, what do you think about filing nails at the desk? That's another topic. Wow. So now instead of little shards, we have your nail dust everywhere. Thanks. <laughs> I think my cough killed me. <coughs> okay. We're back. Stephanie. That was a great answer. And uh, you know what that means since I almost coughed to death? 
the split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. So what headline did you tear off today, my love? Got anger. Try naming it to tame it. So I that usually I can kind of extrapolate and guess. Yeah, I know. But this I one know. is nothing. So I saw this one on NPR, and it's an article talking about this woman named Michaeline. And she wrote the article, and she was talking about how, for years, she's really struggled with anger. She grew up in a home where her family was pretty angry, lots mm-hmm. of yelling, stuff like that. And how she had taken some tips and gotten advice on the stuff that everyone hears about. Mm-hmm. Count to ten, do some yoga. Centering, meditation. Centering, deep breathing. And she said that those things were good. They're not bad things to do, but they helped her manage her anger, but they didn't really help decrease her anger. Oh, I know. I didn't really think about that, that we do talk a lot about anger management, but how do you stop being so angry? Well, and anger is something that I struggle with a lot, and I've heard those tips as well, and I think I've gotten better over time, Mm -hmm. but I thought that this could be a helpful resource because... I know I struggle with anger, and I'd like to get better at that. So why not? If you're in a relationship, if you're getting angry about some nails. You know, you're a little, you know. If our talk about the booger desk made you very oh. upset. Oh, people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then this article's for you. All right. Well, it sounds like we are in the right place. So, Stephanie, teach me. Teach me your ways. So the author got a tip from a psychologist named... Lisa Feldman Barrett, they were talking about, the author was talking to psychologist Barrett about her anger, and she said, and I quote, you could increase your emotional granularity. Go learn more emotion words and emotion concepts from your culture and other cultures. Really? So what are, what does that mean? What does that mean? That's a good question, because I, when I read the word, I didn't really understood what it meant, but... As it turns out, anger, according to this author, isn't really one thing. But when we talk about it, we tend to say anger is this basic emotion. Mm-hmm. Anger, sadness, happiness. It's just the rage. It's just like, a, I'm angry. Yes. And that's it. Yes. There's okay. not a lot of depth to it. The author goes on to say, anger is interesting because it isn't just one thing. Instead, it's a whole host of different things. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. I, did, I guess the name kind of gives it away, the granular yeah. part of it, the very small aspects of it. Little teeny tiny. Little baby parts. Like little crystals of sugar. <laughs> so they recommend that it is really helpful to learn to identify different members of the family of anger, because that can be really helpful for regulating your feelings. Family of anger sounds like a reunion that I do not want to go to. Or a high school reunion. Or a high school, any sort of reunion, family or otherwise. Yes. The, the anger reunion. And so we know that anger as just one concept is really oversimplified. So we want to understand more of it so we can get to self-regulation and mm-hmm. decreasing anger. Okay, let's do it. So something interesting that the author talks about is that in other cultures, there are more and more expressive, rich terms to talk about anger. 
Carly has a book called Lucia the Luchador, and she says she's spicy mad. I love that. The article goes on to give a bunch of different examples similar to the spicy mad. One that it talks about is the ancient Greeks, Mm -hmm. and they had different terms for short-term versus long-term anger. That's even just the thought of that is, is super helpful. The idea that that's even a thing. Like you're not just a constant angry person. You can experience different facets of anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they give another example that Germans have a word that roughly means a, a face in need of a slap. <laughs> like if you're trimming your nails at your desk, you know. I feel like the Germans have the best words. So I'm, now I'm going to try to say the word. Oh, yes, please. Back Pfeifenschneid. <laughs> Back Pfeifenschicked. I don't know. That is the best sounding word. I need to learn this word. That's a word that I don't know what it is because I do not know German, but I know what it is by and just the way that it sounds. It's like you're so furious with someone that you look at their face and it's <laughs> as if their face is urging you to punch them. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you, Germany. Thank you, Germany. Out of the many gifts you've given them, might be in the top that five. Might be the best one. Heffenfessen and this word. What's Heffenfessen? Uh, the wheat beer. Okay, I was like, yeah. let's make sure that that's not a bad right? thing. I don't know All what right, that okay, is. Okay. Uh, and then <laughs> ties have seven degrees of anger. Ooh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> that's how they talk about it. <laughs> okay, okay, I like this. I like it. Yeah, so I think we get the point. In different cultures, there's different ways that they talk about it, but the idea is. What you want to do is personalize your anger to help you start regulating it. Okay. And so they recommend when you feel an emotion like anger, you can label it, and then that can lead to some self-regulation and decreasing or increasing, et cetera. Because there's something that, you know, we've talked about the ADHD that I've been working with and... The idea of once you kind of recognize it, it gives you a, a foothold to grab yeah. onto, um, and it really helps navigating that space a lot easier. So I could definitely see how that would be very helpful. And so they go on to say that a basic statement, you know, something that's good to start with is say, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. So if you're not there, just verbalizing it can be helpful. But a better thing to do is to make it more granular and you can start using stuff like, take the the tie example, I'm displeased. Mm. Gives it a little bit of degree. Mm-hmm. Anger, it's probably like a six, but mm-hmm. a displeased is three. Yeah. Mm. Not as extreme. I am befuddled. I'm that's, furious. Oh, furious. That's a good one. Yeah. What's the word for this? Just like, bleh, like, meh. Meh. Is that a one for Meh. anger? Okay. That's what I was looking for. Meh. Meh. And so they say that being granular helps you solve what the best way to handle the issue is. Okay. For example, if you're feeling that tie level of one, meh, something that could be helpful is if you're just feeling that little quick burst of anger and you know it's going to go away in two minutes, mm-hmm. someone cuts you off in traffic. You're like, ugh, whatever. Mm-hmm. They might... They say in that case, it might be best just to let it go and not even mention it. Mm -hmm. But if you're at a seven and you're at the Mm -hmm. 
Someone needs to get I gotta punched punch in the face. I got to punch your stupid face. Yeah. yeah. Your face is basically asking for it. <laughs> How you'd want to handle that would be a little bit different. Okay. And so the author gives a great suggestion that I think we should do as a family. Okay. And you kind of started doing it. As a family, you can come up with your own labels for the different types of anger that you individually or, you know, as a family, if you feel have different patterns or similar patterns, you can come up with your own types. What I think I like about this is that I do feel like in American culture, at least, it's like, hey, you're angry and you're a rage beast or you have to be cool. It's like one or the other. And it's hard coming down from a 10 when all there is is a one and to understand that like oh you're at a seven and instead of just saying stop being angry like well let's back you down to like a four then let's work down to the meh you know to, and I, it gives you more space to kind of more gently work with anger and i do see how that could be really beneficial well and the ties have seven scales so we could do the scale but there's also more to that the author gave her three types of anger that she and her husband came up with okay and they didn't really use a scale. They used very descriptive situations. So that's another idea. Like, you ate all my snacks. You ate all my snacks twice. Those sorts of things. The three that they came up with. The first one was illogical anger. Oh, okay. So I think that makes sense. So I'm, I'm not sure what else to say about it. So when you're really angry that someone's... and It's illogical. I'm not really helpful here. This is kind of like you're just like, what is it? You said illogical, right? Yes. You're just angry because something just triggered you a certain way. And you're just like, blah, just kind of a blah. Yeah. Okay. And then the second one that is hurry up anger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that one. Okay. I, wait, you, you cut out there for a second. <laughs> so the hurry up anger is when... You want people or things to be moving faster than they are, like traffic or a little small person that's not moving quickly, and you're angry because it's going slowly. Mm -hmm. And then, what do you think of that one? I think that's fine. <laughs> and then the third or last one, I didn't know how to pronounce that. Disonophorus. Disonophorus anger? Disonophorus. D-I-S-O-N-O-P-H-O-U-S. You're going to go making up your own terms of uh, anger. I, either go your own way, which you have, or make it just like super simple. You went the creative way, it seems. It's kind of interesting, and I think you'll like this one too. This word that I can't pronounce means two things it, are happening at the same time. And so the author found out that she was getting angry when two competitive sounds were going on. So rock music and a child screaming. And when there was so much sound, it made her angry and she couldn't function. Right. You just can't focus because too much is going on. Yes. Okay. So that's the third one. Oh, I thought that was clever. I like that. Hard to pronounce, but good. But they really like went a long way to make it happen. I yeah. appreciate that effort. I do too. Yeah, good job. Not as that's good as good. the Germans, but... Not as good as the Germans. On the Thai scale, it's pretty... What would one of ours be? I want to take the hurry up anger. I think we know that, but giving it a label is good. It is good. We need to come up with a name, though, but we can do that later. Stephanie, what yes. other one did you want to take? I think I need to think about it a little bit more. Okay. I want to use the hurry up one. I will take the, the irrational anger, because I don't get angry a lot, but when I do, it's very short and it doesn't make sense. Just like, mm. like, 
you had asked me about uh, duvet, and I was confused, and I was angry because I thought you were talking about something else, and I noticed that's very irrational. You were just talking about a duvet. However, a pillowcase is basically a very small duvet. So, yeah, that's fair. Irrational anger. <laughs> there we go. Good. We got okay. one. Yeah, okay, good. So, if anger is something that you want to work on and get better on in your life, recognize your different types of anger. You can come up with a fun label and then that might help you regulate them. Name it, claim it, throw it away. Regulate it. Regulate it. I feel like that's a Beastie Boys song. Well, yeah. regulate it. Regulate. I'm probably. Hmm. Who knows? Who even knows? No one could find that out. But Stephanie, what I did find out is how to better manage anger. And I thought this was really great. This is. I thought it was a fun this one. This is very enlightening about anger. Usually it's. I, I've always thought of anger as this on off switch. And to sort of think of it in more of this progressive, more granular term, I think is, is you really can nice. own it and be clever with it. Yeah. Make it make it fun. Make a fun. It's make like your Mary, anger fun. Make Mary like a Mary Poppins situation. You just whistle while you work and it's super fun. Apparently. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, thanks, Stephanie, for sharing that with us. If you, the sweet listeners, have questions for us to go over for P's and Q's or an interesting article that you come across, we'd love to break it down for you until it can no longer be broken here on Two P's in a Podcast. Send us those articles and questions at contactppodcast at gmail.com. Or you can contact us at facebook.com slash groups slash ppodcast or follow us on Twitter at ppodcast. We are also everywhere you buy, find podcasts and where they are sold. The freshest of the fresh podcasts are here. We'd also like to give a shout out to Courtney Ellis, whose book on Cluttered was released just last week. A couple episodes ago, we did an interview with her, with her and Stephanie. Uh, check that out by the book. Um, it was super awesome to have her on the show. And Stephanie, anything else? We hope that after listening to this <laughs> podcast, you learn that you can like each other. Very, very, very much. Much.